Hey there, gamers, and welcome to the Are You Bored podcast presented by White Griffin Gaming, a small but hopefully growing group of board gamers looking to find solace from the everyday grind. If you're anything like us, it's hard to find time for board gaming, so you can't afford to waste time guessing at what games you'd like and what would fit into your playgroup. Looking for bite-sized snippets of candid thoughts on gameplay? You've come to the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Are You Bored? Without further ado, let's dive in. In today's episode, we join Ian, Becky, and Derek as they discuss Beyond the Sun, a tech tree building area influence worker placement game for two to four players from Rio Grande Games. This is one of the newest games to our collection, so let's listen in as we examine the gameplay firsthand. On with the show. Okay, so here we are at the end of a session of Beyond the Sun. Relatively new game. It was, uh, just came out last year. Uh, so, while we clean up the game, let's uh, have a little discussion see what we think about it. What do you guys think? I love it. Oh, it's, it's so great. Cool. I think I liked it better the second time than I did the first time, just because there's three players instead of two. And, yeah, like, it's just, I love that you can't do everything. I love that each game will be different just because... You could focus on technologies one game and focus on colonizing planets in another game, and both could win you this game. But I like that you don't have to play the exact same game every time in order to win. I like it. Well, maybe we can put our efforts then into figuring out why I sucked so bad at this particular game. I ended up... what Last time we played, I had 59 points. This time I had 39 and came in last place. That sucks. So why was that, do you think? I mean, I guess probably the main reason is I didn't really spend too much time researching the technology. I think that's largely it. Um, I do think that technologies give you more points overall because, I mean, each level three gets you three points, right? So last night when we played, you had most, if not all, the level threes, I think. I think you had... You had at least three, I think. Anyway. I don't even remember um, now. Whereas this time you had zero. And we all had the same number of colonized planets today, but I had two level threes, which gave me six extra points on top of everything else. And yet it seems, though, that when you do the scoring, most of your points come from the colonized planets. Like, the biggest chunk of points biggest came from the colonized is. planets. But when you get a point for every level one technology, two points for every level two, and three points for every level three, and then whatever for level fours, they add, they add up. It doesn't seem like it, but they add up. I think probably also the bigger difference is not so much the amount of points you get for researching the technology, but the fact that by researching the technology, you get more opportunities to automate things, yes. uh, to pull things off your production track. Mm -hmm. To make it uh, so that you produce more from round to round. Yep. So you get more points for doing that. Uh, maybe that's it. I Could mean. be. Well, the, other thing, the other thing to keep in mind, though, too, is that it all depends on what your... A lot of it depends on what your opponents are doing, too. So because Derek spent a lot of his time going for the planets, he was able to get his first achievement relatively quickly by colonizing four planets pretty quickly. And then we only need three achievement in order to finish the game and by getting those four planets i was able to get my production track yes. cleared off which got me that second achievement yes. like uh, a turn or two later exactly so then we didn't have enough time to research more like we might have wanted to so at the end of the game when 
pretty quickly. I, I think we've kind of found that out from having played this game a couple of times, is that once you get that first achievement, like it takes a little while to get the first achievement, anybody to get it, but once you get the first achievement, the rest of them follow quite quickly. Oh yeah. Afterwards. Definitely. I would definitely say so. And that's what we said to Derek when we, when we first were showing him how it went, because yeah, the those achievements take quite a bit to in order to achieve, which is why they're achievements. But yeah, once you start getting them, then bang, bang, bang. Like, I think within, what, maybe three turns or so? Something like turns, that. It wasn't very many it rounds. It wasn't long. So within three or four rounds or so, all three achievements were achieved, for lack of a better word. <laughs> Acquired? I don't know. So... Yeah, which makes it... I guess kind of almost disappointing that Derek got that first achievement so fast because then the others fall right quickly afterwards and, and yeah, you don't get much opportunity to research anymore after that. But that's the thing with pretty much all the engine builders that, you know, we play where there aren't set number of rounds is that if one person builds their engine faster than the others, then the others that are slower at building their engine... Which, again, it always seems to be my problem, is that my engines, I'm like, I can make a good engine, but it takes so long for me to do it. Mm -hmm. That so is true. everybody else gets things done faster than I do, and I just, ah. But, I mean, last night, you beat me by, what, seven points or something like that, so. That's not a lot, though. Still, though, it's only, we've only played it twice, so just because you didn't win this time doesn't mean you suck at it, like you keep saying. No, but I certainly sucked this round. And Well, we can't really argue that. <laughs> you wouldn't argue that anyway. <laughs> but as, as far as a worker placement engine building game goes, I thought it was a very unique take on a single worker worker placement game. Yeah. I mean, there's not many of those around. A lot of games you have... Multiple workers. Multiple workers, yes. and then you even gain more as you go along. Mm-hmm. But this... Yep, I mean, one worker. One worker, you've got to be very, very um, intentional as to where you're going in order to yeah. do what you need to do. And I I'll... definitely felt that way, too. Like, I, when I researched... Because I was the only one... I was the first one to research level three... Um, technologies and i had actually wanted to start it a couple turns earlier but then when you got that for the the four colonized planets and i knew i, I knew that i had to go there first so i could get four colonized planets as well and then basically yeah go for the yeah i didn't i didn't research any technologies i mean i followed I mean, I, I picked... No, but I mean, you still re you researched them as in you put your guy there. Yes, whatever. but I didn't so discover any new ones. No, but you still researched them. So, so it was I mean, the events you missed out on, yeah. basically. And seeing the ones that you guys were pulling, they were like... Eh. Yeah, there they, aren't they a whole lot. Most of them are... Maybe one or two points. Maybe. maybe. Most of them are a whole lot of nothing, really. And you, Ian tends to be the one, if there's going to be a one that benefits the person who pulls the event, it's going to be Ian. Because you, you did it I, twice. I won't and, argue. I won't whereas the ones that I've that. done, it's been just, you know, mm -hmm. extra points at the end for whoever does this or that or whatever. So <laughs> I won't complain about yeah, that kind so of So the luck. events are not as big as they would seem. Yeah. But, yeah, I wanted to research my first level three at least two or three turns before, but... 
I needed to get that colonized planet first because I, A, I wanted to keep up with everyone else because you two were both going for planets and the one that I, that I got instead was a decent one. So I think that was the one that gave me the level two private Yeah, I um, don't technology. know if that was your fourth one. Was I don't know if it was my fourth, but it was I. That was the one I did before researching level three technology. Yeah. So I made the choice to go there instead of researching first, even though I could have done that a couple of times before. And that's I had a choice. I could have either done that or I could have gone for level four. If I hadn't gone for that planet, I, I probably would have been able to go for level four technology. And there can be a lot of points in level four technology. So I, I mean, you got a level four technology last time we played, and it got me six points. Yeah, it got you six points. It still didn't let you win, but it still but it got you six points. So we won't rub that in, you know. <laughs> but still, I mean, that can be a lot of points, considering that level threes are only worth three points apiece to all of a sudden jump up to six for a level four technology. So it's a, was it's a big it, jump. Was it four points for having the level four plus an additional six? Or no. No, the level total? four one, it's, it's all question marks, it's depending on the card. So that one happened to be six points. So other ones, that's the only one we've seen so far. We have no idea what other cards would give you for level four. But that one specifically was six points. But anyway, so I thought the game went fairly well. I mean, there wasn't really... It was relatively quick, too. Yeah. yeah, considering how big a game it is with a lot of stuff going on in it, it really actually goes fairly quick. I mean, what what time is it? What are you... Eight o'clock. We played. I think I was about an hour and a half. And it didn't feel us. like an hour and a half at all. Like I felt like time flew for me anyway. Mm -hmm. Because the turns are so quick, there's not a ton of AP because you can more or less plan out what you're doing while you're waiting for your turn. For the most part, yeah. every once in a while you'd have someone go into the spot that you wanted, but there are usually other ways but around it. Exactly. There were you know there are multiple terraforming options if you mm -hmm. want to colonize a planet. Might cost a little more. You might get a little bit of a bonus. Yeah, but there are there are options. Yeah. So because of that, we're able to get through each of the turns really quickly. So there wasn't a ton of. Unlike a lot of other worker placement games, thinking again, Lords of Waterdeep, where if you really, really need that spot and somebody else goes there first, yeah, you could be stuck. Yeah. Completely exactly. because you have no other option. Or other I... yeah, or other games that have tech trees like Progress. Where there there could be a ha a few minutes of AP because you're trying to figure out what it, because there's so many choices or whatever, or because again like with with Waterdeep um, or Progress like where you found this the last time we played, Ian and I had the two cards that you wanted to continue up the yeah. Progress track that you wanted. Now you had to completely scrap that and rethink, okay, well, now I've got yeah. to figure out something else yeah. I can do with these cards. I didn't find that with Beyond the Sun because there were so many beneficial options yeah. and the fact that you couldn't just do, like, there was no chains per, yeah. in a sense. Like, it, where you went this, you did this, you did this, you did this, you mm -hmm. did this. You, you go there, you do what it says, your turn's over. Yeah. Right? There, there's no sitting there, you know, like a lot of my deck building games are, play this card, draw two cards, play yeah, that we're one, we're, draw we're four. we're sitting for yeah. ten minutes waiting <laughs> yeah. for, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for Derek to take his turn because he's got so many cards to draw. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't the case with, with Beyond no. the Sun. It was very snappy, very quick, and if someone happened to go in a spot that you wanted, there's other options. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, for a three-player game, 
Like, I think there was the one card, level two technology, was it level two technology, I think it was, where that allowed you to um, colonize a planet for, like, three ore or whatever. I didn't have that one. I never researched it. But there was a basic one that let me do it for four ore. So, ooh, an extra ore. But I was still able to yeah. colonize planets that way. So there were other options for me to use, even though I hadn't taken the time or, or the precious or turns to research that Or to use the, the colonizing that you, that, you exam, that you used, where I didn't have a lot of space power. Mm-hmm. Like, I had very few ships, like, very, yeah. very little power overall, but I still had no problem um, colonizing, again, because of that technology yeah. that, you know, you pay an extra ore, but the amount of power required to colonize is less. So there's... there's... No, you two both use that, and I never, I never did that one. Well, this game, I mean, this is a guy, Dennis Chan is the, the uh, designer of this game, and he, this is the first game he's ever done. The only game I can find any kind of credit for on uh, on BGG at all, and I think that's quite an achievement to have knocked it right out of the park like that. Oh yeah, on that's... a first attempt. Mm-hmm. Definitely something. That if if you were to create another game, I would definitely keep an eye out just to see if it's as good as this one. Because, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was all, and it was. I mean, you were excited to get it. As soon as you saw the playthrough, you, oh, <laughs> you yeah. watched the playthrough like oh. twice in a row. <laughs> I've watched the playthrough a lot. But that's because, I mean, it's such a complicated game that when somebody does a review of it, um, the reviews that I saw, they just, they're trying to explain so much in such a small little period of time that I just, I was, my mind was out yeah, you, of it completely. You, you weren't interested until you decided to watch a playthrough and then all of a sudden... You were so excited. I think, I think you watched it after I'd gone to bed or something like that. And the next morning, I watched a playthrough, and now we need to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, it, was, it was good. But the, the the overview, when it came to the review, was I just I couldn't follow along. I had no idea what was going on. And so I needed the actual playthrough to see how the game played and and what kind of game it was. So once I saw that, then... Yeah, I was sold. And then I couldn't find it, because I gave it to him for Christmas, and I couldn't find it anywhere. It was sold out everywhere. But they had another reprinting, I think, in November. But it didn't say when in November. So the only reason I was able to get it was because I signed up on Board Game Bliss for an email notification when it came in, and I got it. And as soon as I got it... Plugs for Gold Board Game Bliss in Vancouver? Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> no other website that I found had that option, but theirs did. They said, you know, it's a, you know, a little box that said, you know, sign up for email notification for when this comes in. Okay. And that's the only reason I was able to get it. So. Yeah, well, I'm certainly glad you did because it it's been a great game. We played it twice in a row now and had a great time with both, both times. I mean, yes, I lost quite, <laughs> quite handily. Um, in this particular game, but still had a good time playing it. it just... that, that seems to happen when you and I are playing engine builders. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it does. Because <laughs> somebody ends the game faster than I have planned normally when it comes to an engine <laughs> yeah, builder. That's true. I don't know who that might be. Uh, well. You're usually the first one, but I'm usually right behind you when it comes to it, when it comes to ending the games. Well, considering it's my first time playing the game, um, coming in second... Mm-hmm. By an okay margin, mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain. And I can see a couple of things that I did 
that I should have done more of, such as more technology research, mm-hmm. um, because going after the planets really does speed the game along quicker mm-hmm. because you're, at least in this game, I'm assuming there's other With objectives. those achievements, yeah. With those achievements, the planets, I mean, I went through my, my production track very yeah. quickly. Yeah. So what are the two, because there's two achievements that are always in the game. Yes. So one is what the level... Transcendence, where you research a level four. Right. Um, first time you research a level four technology, and then Empire where you colonize four systems. Okay, so no matter what, that one's always going to be in there. Those two will always be yeah. there. But the other two are drawn from two different decks. You've got mm-hmm. uh, deck A and deck B for different achievements. You draw one from each. Each one has, I think, six, mm-hmm. six or seven uh, achievements in it. So that can lead to quite a variety of game-ending conditions. Yep. So it's just in this one, I guess it was really focused on colonization. But then again... Because we focus on the colonization, that particular achievement, that empire achievement, is there in every game. So it could just wind up that all games are can be focused and really completed quickly that way because that one's always present. And I think that is one thing that I would change if I could, and is that I wouldn't necessarily have those two present every time. I would have it completely random because mm-hmm. I I, don't, I get. I get that they have why they have the colonization one because there's four spots, you know everyone can reach that same yeah. achievement for, you know decreasing amounts of points, but I would have it as completely random so that it wouldn't always be an option every single game. Well, you could always try house ruling that kind of thing to see how it turned out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for instance, you, we know that there are advanced player boards that you can play with. There's an advanced uh, technology um, market, I guess you could call it, mm-hmm. for how you how you gain technologies when you research them. So, who knows? There are other variant rules. I haven't really looked at them to see what they are, but there are other variant rules there True. as to what you can play with. So, maybe there's something like that. I don't well, know. I haven't really checked it out that much. We'll take a look at, um, well, we'll play it a few more times, obviously, and see how other, how, how they play. Yeah. And if it turns out that we keep finishing the game based just on colonizing planets, then maybe it's something to look into. But we also do need to look at the advanced boards, because that could totally yeah. change everything. I have no idea what is involved with colonizing planets. Yeah. So. Well, either way, I think that, uh. That was a pretty good kind of overview that we have of, of the game that kind of answers any questions. Like with any of our podcasts, though, it does require a certain bit of familiarity with the game in order to really understand some of the points that we're talking about. Um, I do put that disclaimer at the beginning of uh, some of the podcasts, so at least people know that when they're when they're going into this, but it is something to bear in mind for this one and for future podcasts that you do want to have some kind of familiar, familiarity with the games. Yes, that's true. Otherwise, you might so, be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No idea what you're talking about. But yeah, but the idea of, of these, we don't want to give people... Um, an actual overview of how to play or anything like that. It's just impressions about the game so that um, people can then use that to kind of help make a decision as to how to play or whether they want to play. And strategy ideas too. Because I I think that's important. So hopefully we're being helpful to those of us out there in podcast land. Uh, I wouldn't mind some kind of feedback from anybody who wants to to do that. You can find us on Facebook or on the... 
YouTube, uh, Instagram, White Griffin Gaming as well. Uh, so by all means, look us up, give us some feedback to see if you like the podcast, you know, put a review on whatever podcast, uh, agent you happen to have. But, uh, as long as you guys are still going to be faithfully listening, we'll keep faithfully making them. So hopefully we'll be able to, uh, serve our audience and not just kind of crash and burn. <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want to do that. But anyway, so I think we'll end that there then. And, uh. Right, for Beyond the Sun, this is Ian White. I am the fat guy behind the box. I'm Becky. This is Derek. All right, and we'll have a good time, and we will talk to you guys again in the next session. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Are You Bored? We're glad you chose to spend some time with us going over our board game musings. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if so, please pass this on to your friends and family. Leave a review, a comment, a subscription a like, whatever the platform you're listening on will allow. You can also email us at whitegriffingaming at gmail.com. That's W-H-I-T-E-G-R-I-F-F-I-N gaming at gmail.com. You can typically find us on the major podcast services like Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Google Podcast. You can even find us on YouTube under the White Griffin Gaming channel. We look forward to being with you again, so stay tuned for the next exciting episode of Are You Bored? And have a great day.